show of magazine. Uh, <laughs> magazine. <laughs> Already. Like, already, and I wasn't even drinking last night. But anyway, <laughs> Mega Sheen, um, we are here today. This, I am Victor, and I'm Nick. And you know, podcasting is always better when you got friends. And we have a very special guest with us: creator, uh, founder of Ramp Your Voice, all around badass. You know. Hashtag creator of disability to white. I can't say enough about her. We have the illustrious one, Miss Velissa Thompson with us. Yay. All right. Look, if that's not the introduction. Hey, you making me feel real good today. All right. Now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am so excited to be here. Thank you both for having me. And thank you for coming. So let's catch up on, because we haven't talked in forever, Victor. Um, what has everybody been doing, you know, past couple of weeks? Um, Valissa, we'll start with you. Okay. Um, right now, I'm just getting settled in uh, with being newly 34. So it's been a month since my birthday. And All I'm right. You no, know, I'm liking it. You know, I think the 30s you know, is that decade. I would never want to relive my 20s again because it's Hashtag trash, but the 30, (laughs) talk about the second place for real. Right. But, you know, 34 is looking nice on your girl right now. Um, Working on different projects. I got an important announcement that's coming up um, that I cannot wait for you all to know about. Um, Just out here, you know, trying to stay out of trouble, but sometimes unsuccessful. And that's all right. You know, all right. I know that's right. We are interested about this upcoming project. Yes, I think it would be, you know, only thing I'm going to say is something political. Um, But I think that it'll be a very new territory for me to dive into. And I'm just really ready to um, just kind of dip my toes into, you know, projects that really matter to me and the community and just really seeing where it goes. I think that's been my thing for this year, just to say yes to things that would take me to a new level and you know, just really adhere to my values. So, you know, hopefully the announcement will be in the next few weeks, hopefully. And I think you guys are going to be very excited about it. Awesome. Well, Victor, what about you? What you been up to? Well, um, yes, it's been a while. Um, so I have been traveling-ish. Um, not as much as I used to, but I was in Sacramento um, the week before, which is why we just did a quick overview of the Joker, which was a mess. I, had- <laughs> <laughs> I sat there and I was like, I'm ready to go. I gave one part, I was like, I'm ready to go. And my friend left. <laughs> my friend left and went set out in the lobby. I was like, this is... <laughs> Mm. <laughs> my goodness you took one for the team because i was in no way shape and form spending my heart on coins or some movie like that i couldn't you, nope. you, know, we had, you know in order to talk about it i was like i'm gonna i'm gonna do this because i miss because there was a screening and sometimes screenings in los angeles happen like at certain times and if, if you're working like you know a nine to five like i do um it's hard to be like, oh, I'm just going to just leave. Sometimes I can leave early. 
Um, but I was like, it's not worth it. <laughs> and then you have to go through traffic. So sometimes to get to certain places, you have to leave at three in order to get there at by five. So um, it wasn't, I didn't really feel like that was worth doing all that for. So yeah, I saw it, it wasn't all that. Um, been trying to get my book together and my editor has been whooping my ass, but I appreciate it. Uh, it was funny, we had a conversation the other day where I was really trying to fight for this scene. And I was all into it. I said, does that make sense? And then she was like, um, no. <laughs> we both <laughs> I, was really, I knew I was trying, you know, when you try to make a, a connection, I was really trying to make that reach. And she was like, um, she, and I just said, you know what, you're right. I don't know why I was trying to, I was like, why am I trying to fight so hard for it? And what I'm learning is when you're working with an editor, it's almost like therapy because it's making you really question why you put the things you put on the page. But then when you explain it, you will be, sometimes you find yourself like, I don't know even know why I did this, or what is that supposed to mean? Or am I trying to act something out in my own life? So oh. it was like, whoa, it's been really, it's been really therapeutic to have someone really help you see where you should go. Because a lot of us, we are very creative people. And you know, when you're really creative, Mm-hmm. Your mind, stuff is just happening. You know, mm-hmm. right. you see that with American Horror Story and other things. And oh. so you just want to make sure <laughs> that you make sense to people um, so they will come back because they don't want too much madness. Of course, give you some drama, but not too much. So it's been really, it's been really good just to be like, oh, like, why do I even have child? Y'all, I had, I was going to tell myself, I had almost 20 <laughs> characters. And I had to ask myself, why do I have 20 ass characters? Like, I, what is, like, some of the characters you only saw once, but then she was like, why, then why are they there? Do they move the story? I was like, oh. No. So it, 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 make, it humbles you as a creator and writer, but you realize this is what a lot of people go through um, to get, you know, get the words on the page or whatever. And so I'm like, okay, this has been really good. So that's been, the journey for me and I've been enjoying it. Nick, how about yourself? Well, I might have a little announcement um, tomorrow. Okay. Um, might, uh, not anything like big, like I'm, I don't want this uh, Pulitzer Prize, but it, you know, it's <laughs> professionally. Um, as far as that, you know, I had to do a little drag uh, this past weekend. Had to give them, have to give the girls the room for their money because, you know, when I do it, <laughs> I do, I do it. All right, now. Oh, what else? I haven't been, other than that, oh, I did a 5K, um, what was it, last weekend. Got six in my age group, which was, you know, surprising. Yeah. Because, oh, right, I was like, oh, yeah, for me, because, you know, been having issues with my knees and my hips and, you know, old age is coming for all our necks. <laughs> oh, what else? Other than that, I've been good. Uh-huh. Or at least good at it. Hey. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, shoot. Let's, we're going to do a little bit of things different here. Rather than have our Aunt Mace tea and then our King's House issue we're just going to do a long version of Aunt May's tea. So we got Melissa here. So the tea is going to be running all over the place. So Victor, oh. what are we going to start out with today? 
Well, again, since we've been out for a while, there's been, you know, some stuff out there that's been happening. Um, and we got to kind of get caught up on it. So um, we, I think we were out when we did lose Diane Carroll. So Yeah, I b- believe so. So, yeah. oh, her. yeah, because, mm-hmm. Because she gave us, you know, rich, a, a character that we hadn't seen in a while as far as Dynasty, but she was on so many other shows prior to that. And she was, uh, she was on Broadway, wasn't she? Broadway, she did. I think she, she uh, Broadway musicals, you know, at the Carmen Jones, if you want to go all the way back. I think she was Cindy Lou. Uh, mm-hmm. Character that they wanted um, Dorothy Dandridge to be, and Dorothy was like, "No, <laughs> the main person." Uh, but yeah, we know Diane has been in so many great things, all the way from stage to screen. Um, a lot of us knew her from Julia, being one of the first Black women to have her own show uh, back in the sixties. And, and then I think what was interesting is when Scandal. First started, they mentioned that how um, Carrie Washington was the first black woman to carry a show since Julia. And I think that was like within 30 something years. Wow. Oh, wow. Interesting. So I remember seeing something where they announced that and I was like, wow, that's, that's sad. That's really sad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Diane also gave us um, Claudine. And if you remember that movie, that's where, because um, at the time they thought that she was too glamorous to play a woman with four or five kids. She had a lot of kids in the movie, but um, James Earl Jones was the love interest in the movie and Gladys Knight and Pips did the soundtrack for Claudine. If y'all have not heard that soundtrack, Google it, find it. I think you can get it somewhere or if not, it's on YouTube. Um, but it's a great soundtrack. Um, Gladys did most of the songs. Um, and then we had, of course, we had Dominique Devereaux. And then we had Marion. Um, Oh, I forgot uh, last name of Gilbert. So Marion Gilbert from Different World. She was Whitley's mother and still gave us some glamour and, and what have you. And then she did other shows like Suits. Um, I think one of her latest was in um, Grey's Anatomy, where she gave this one scene where she basically put um, that white woman into shame, the one that's like the star of the show. Um, so it's, it, it was sad to see her go, but she left us such a great legacy. And as my friend in Tennessee who does drag told me, if it was not for her, many black drag groups would not exist. So, um, right. you know, we have to give it up to the great. Very much so. And rest in power. Yes. Exactly. So, give that respect. Let's jump into some interesting stuff. Um, let's get into some comic stuff. So, uh, for those of us who have been reading comics, um, House of X has completed, House of X, Power X, have completed their six-issue run each. Um, we're now into the individual comics of X-Men 1 came out, where we learned something very interesting. So as we saw the, the beginning series in, we learned that there have been different houses um, where each of um, the X-Men and other members have kind of recited to, and they showed us an outline, or uh, not really an outline, but kind of a graph of where everybody's living. So the summer house has pretty much where, you know, Storm and everybody else is living. 
But something was very interesting about one particular area. So if you looked at where Gene Logan, who's Wolverine, and Cyclops were living, um, that was a, 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 a entrance to, Gene is in the middle, but she has an entrance to both of their rooms. Right. <laughs> it's all closed up. All the circles closed up, but there, there is um a little, you know, a little entrance way. You know, you know, if you want to, you know, have some good vanilla sex, you go over here. Like if you want it gritty, she goes over to Logan. Or, you know, move it back and forth. Who knows? But I thought that was interesting because I was like, um, um, okay. Jean said, "I am getting mine." She needs options. Right. I always need options, honey. <laughs> <laughs> she said, look, a woman has needs, desires, mm-hmm. and I'm going to get everything. Look, I'm going to live through jeans. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. Right. <laughs> <laughs> now, I haven't, I've only read like, uh, what was it, the first issue of House Effects? So I am way behind. But there was, what was that quote that Magneto had said? I don't know. We had put it up on our... Um, oh, yeah. What was that? Basically, he would say, I am what I am. <laughs> Maybe think of that song. Oh, that, uh, yeah. I am what I am. I am my own special creation. That one. Basically, that's what he was saying. And um, it's really interesting... That was really interesting to hear him say that because I was like, that is very, that's such a gay answer. <laughs> <laughs> it is. <laughs> the Queens were always doing that fucking song. Well, yeah, and, you know, I, I agree. Melissa. I wouldn't mind living through Gene because, you know, Scott, Scott has this thing about him that he might be a little, he could be, he might have a little bit of dirt on him because I know when he was dating Emma Frost, which I despise, um, she was kind of bringing out a little, you know, a little nasty in him um, in their little sexual escapade. And Logan just seems that he was with, Logan's been with, Logan has a history of being around everybody from Storm. He's always wanted Gene, but he's with Yuriko, everybody. He's been around. If you look at the limited series, of the first limited series with Wolverine, I mean, he, he and Yuriko had some of Logan is basically community dick. (laughs) (laughs) He is. Wolverine is uh, community dick. And he's just been running through all these folks looking like a clown, acting like he's like the biggest, baddest, you know, everybody wants me. But boy, you the one, you the whore. Well, <laughs> well uh, tell me how you really feel, Nick. <laughs> I mean, everybody got a role to fill, and that's his role. Really, I, I don't know. I think, but I think he has a heart there because you know he was really in love with Gene. Like you know, it was. You think back at the Phoenix Saga when that moment where she was like, "Kill me," you know, "Take me out." He was like, he couldn't do it. You know, he couldn't do it. He, he's always. He has a heart, but I, you know, I think when it comes, but when it comes to like throwing down, he ain't gonna say no. But how many of us <laughs> will actually say no to Wolverine? I mean, how many of us will be like, if he said, "Well, some," who's gonna say, I, "I'm not gonna say no." I, I'll be no I, I mean, oh, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Look, 
Right. Especially if you're going to say no to somebody who got claws in their uh, knuckles. Okay. We well, we can leave that out. But <laughs> I'll take his little 5'3", because he's only 5'3", or 5'2". Like, I'm like, you know what? That's fine. As long as something else is... All right. All right. All the same. <laughs> it doesn't matter. We can... That's all right. I will climb. Better put that man on your uh, shoulders and go to town. <laughs> Nobody, I don't think too many people say no. Nah. Yeah, Jean is having her a moment. I think they'll, I hope they flesh it out just a little bit more. Um, but we all know there's always been this interesting love triangle between them. And so maybe they're just like, okay, well, you know what? Let's just. No, she's back. She's learned some things in death. So maybe this is her way of like, okay, well, let's just have it all. Well, Jean won the summer. She's having her best, uh, what was it, hot girl summer. Yep. Well, Jean wins hands down. <laughs> uh, trying to get on that level. Right. <laughs> you know, I'm not mad at it. You know, if they want to be open and everybody cool, and hey, everybody cool. Right. And when have we ever seen that actually depicted in X-Men comics, that polyamorous relationship. Exactly. Not like this. Not with our, I would say not with the characters we love. It might be something alluded to elsewhere, but not like this. Speaking of um, alluding to stuff, wasn't, I didn't, what was about Mr. Sinister? Did he come out because there was things that he said, the panels that I saw, that it was blatantly obvious that he was part of the family. I want to believe he is because that, this whole run, he was very, very, you know, very queer. And, you know, we also look back at when um, he became Miss Sinister and how comfortable um, they were as the sinister. So it actually, I'm gonna. I, I think it. I might start using the pronouns uh, they for for sinister because it, it doesn't really matter to sinister. Um, and so therefore, who knows? Sinister could be just weird, and we just don't really know that. But it felt like that's where they were going with that character. Uh huh. I think so. It would be interesting. Yeah. That'd be good to see. It, it would be. It would be very good to see, especially in this society right now, this fuck-ass administration. <laughs> For real. Oh, goodness. We might talk about that near the end, but yeah, this this is a circus that we are literally in. But anyway, <laughs> that's my kind of mess, though. I like it. I'm here for it. <laughs> <laughs> so, right. what else we got? Well, we also learned that Zoe Kravitz is now going to be Catwoman in the new Batman movie. Now I feel like I have to go watch it. Right? Because, mm-hmm. oh man, I was like, I'm not giving my motherfucking money to this. <laughs> and then they announced that. I was like, <sighs> All right, let me see. Let me clear my schedule. 
I like how Hallie gave her a shout out on Twitter about it. I was like, that's really good. Yeah. Uh, and I also like, well, you know, Hallie threw a little bit of shade because she gave her, yeah, she gave her that shout out, but she didn't give um, Andrea Ship any shout out when she played. <laughs> yeah. Well, mm. Mm. <laughs> Holly know better. She knows right. <laughs> she knows what's up. She knows what's up. <laughs> I might need to double check that, but I just kind of noticed. I was like, oh, but you okay? <laughs> All right, you can do that. Though. You can do that. You can do that. <laughs> but, no, I was happy to hear that because you know I was happy to see Zoe because I can. Zoe has that look. You know what mm. I mean? Like she has that look that gives her a little bit of grit, a little bit of glamour. Um, but I can actually see her playing this role. Um, I wish it was a, a, a dark skinned actress. Because mm -hmm. um, I, I kind of feel like they love to kind of get into that mixed race, ambiguous mm -hmm. person to play, you know, when they do do these castings. But I wish could have been a, a darker woman of color. But, you know, it's Zoe Kravitz, and I'm always standing for Zoe. Um, and it would be neat. But, you know, I had to step back and think, well, I feel like it was a little bit of nepotism because think about it. You have Jason Momoa, who was Aquaman, who had who movie was super successful. So he could have a say on how things go. So of course he could be like, put my stepdaughter. Because mm -hmm. technically that is his stepdaughter. Um, mm -hmm. put her in this role, you know. And but I'm sure she got in with all her own merits and everything mm -hmm. else. So I don't want to put that out there like that. But it just, you know, you can't help but to think like, oh, well, you're step, you know. So it's like but at the same time, she deserves. She could probably do this really well. And I'm sure the chemistry, because you know, there's rumors that the chemistry between her and Robert Patterson was um, really good and really hot. It also made me think about the fact that he dated, um, what's that, FKA Twigs? And oh, he did? No. And so, you know, I could see the look between those two um, women, they they kind of have a similar look and a similar vibe, so I can probably see where he, <laughs> but it probably would have worked. I would like, you know, Zoe could play Catwoman, Poison Ivy, uh, a host of Batman characters. So I'm glad to see her in this. Uh, somebody had said, um, Oh, they wanted to see Janelle Monet as the Riddler instead of whoever they cast. Um, some, I think his name was Paul. Paul somebody, Dan. yeah. I was like, well, you know that that would have been interesting to see a female version of the Riddler, but you know they're not ready for that. Mm -hmm. And of course. Dude, bros, and their dumbassery were pissed off that it was like, oh, a black woman is playing Catwoman. Uh, no offense, and I'm not racist, but I don't think a black woman should play Catwoman. And I'm like, um, son, I, I got news for you. This ain't my first time. I said, that bus is never late, is it? Just listen. <laughs> it's just like, a simple Google search would have like not let you be such a dumbass, but you know, you know that's too much to ask for. It, Can I do that? <laughs> what are facts? What are facts to do, bro? Really? <laughs> <laughs> Who needs that? I don't know her. <laughs> exactly. 
Exactly. No, I'm really excited about it. I do think your point, Victor, about, you know, wish it was a darker skinned actress. That was the only thing that came to my mind, too, because, you know, they have a you know, they have a tendency to pick people who would pass the brown paper bad test. So that's my only critique about it. But I'm excited. I may have to put this on my radar now with the casting of her. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure I'm, I feel like they know. I feel like they know there's a lot at stake with this. Um, and I think they're kind of riding high because of Joker did really well. I just hope that we just get a, a, a different twist on this movie because I think we've seen every, if I see those pearls snatched off <laughs> one more time, I am about to just, I'm gonna get up on stage like Jada did and scream too and just scream. <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> I'm like, that's enough. Because they did it in the Joker. So I was like, really? I mean, I sat there and I was like, really? Really? We're going to replay this scene too? So, yeah, spoiler alert, they do that scene in Joker. So, you know, hopefully we'll just be beyond what we're going to do. I'll be kind of, you know, be innovative with the story, be cute about the story, but just don't give us that same old tired. Pearls on the floor. This is another sad love song, hit ass. Like, we get it. <laughs> yes, they died. He's God. He's upset. Give us a good Catwoman story with this. If they're going to do it, do it. And if, you know what, if this does really well, then give her, her, give her a movie too. Exactly. Right. We haven't seen, well, never mind. I was about to lie. <laughs> I was about to so lie all up through here. Don't do it because you know. <laughs> I am one of the sole defenders of Halle Berry's Catwoman. I will watch it. If it's on, I will sit down and watch it with glee. I remember in New York City when that movie, the way New York City had those billboards up of her, it was amazing. Like I remember we were on a we, my stupid ass went into a tall ass building just to look out the window because I had a friend who's working in a corporate office. I was like, let me just come in your window. He's like, for what? I'm like, I just want to look at the Catwoman at like the billboards across the town. And it was just, you just, oh my God, beautiful. Okay. And yeah, the movie, you know what? I mean, it, it was what it was. <laughs> <laughs> But I appreciated what they were trying to do. I love the fact that you could have got a, a, a Catwoman Barbie. Barbie even made, you know, this Halle Berry doll um, for y'all to go pick up. Because I remember going down to the Mattel store in Times Square and, like, literally um, freaking out the um, people at the store about how this is amazing and how they need to have more cop. I told the, um, the woman working in that particular area, I said, y'all need more of this up here. I need to have more of these dolls. And she just looked at me like, if you don't get your crazy ass out of here. <laughs> but, I'm going to need security. Yeah. But I, <laughs> I do stand for that. And I, and I hope that if they do another Catwoman movie, you know, it's a little bit better. Or they may maybe tie that into um, another Birds of Prey movie. Because technically Catwoman has been in Birds of Prey a few times. Makes sense. Gotham, them, women. No, Catwoman, right. nor a hero, nor a criminal. 
or villain to rephrase that. <laughs> so uh, yeah, yeah, I'm in. I'm in for it. Um, yeah. Now, uh, I remember when Catwoman was coming out. Wasn't Halle Berry on Oprah and yeah. doing her uh, yep. practicing with the, with the whip? Yes. Mm-hmm. I remember all that. I was like, oh, this is going to be so good. <laughs> Talk about a setup. And yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> the goopery and the shenanigans. Well, yeah, there was some, some stuff. But <laughs> now, see that basketball scene was dreadful. Oh man, yes, there was some oh. scenes they could have, uh, they could have, they could have left out. But you know, they had to do something with Benjamin Bratt. You know, we had to, we had to appreciate seeing, you know, him sweat a little bit. In that. Mm-hmm. I know. Oh, yes. Well, yes, <laughs> can't argue with that now. Uh. But we still have some more um, casting news. So Naomi Harris is uh, supposed to be in talks to portray uh, Shriek in the upcoming sequel to Venom, which I was uh, very interested in because I, I still haven't seen the first Venom. Yeah, I haven't either. I was like, eh, I, I'll see it when I get time or, you know, I'm bored. Um <laughs> And also, supposedly, Woody Harrelson is supposed to be a cast as Carnage. So this will be uh-huh. interesting. Um, and I might have to put this on my radar to watch, especially if it uh, pan- everything pans out. So that, there's that. And Venom is supposed to be set, well, Venom 2, Supposed to be in theaters next next October, but we'll see. You know, all right. I don't want to see this. That's enough. <laughs> Damn, Victor! <Vicky. laughs> Are you really feeling? right? <laughs> because you know, Venom, and it was hard because you know, Tom, Tom. Mm. Yes, because you know, we stand for Tom in this house, and. That took a lot for me to be like, I'm not going to see it because he's not going to be naked in it. So there's really no, there was no other incentive. And so uh, I was like, I, I'm not going to do it. And then now they hear about Naomi because I always felt like Naomi deserved to be in some superhero film and stuff. Ever since um, what 20, 20, 20 days, 28 days later, mm-hmm. uh, that to she gave us a very great. Black woman action, you know, hero in horror. We haven't seen in a long time, and I was been a, a fan of her since then. And I just feel like she's deserved to be in something like this, but not, I, but not this one. No, I was like, but not. Mm, but damn, <laughs> I guess, I guess I'm there. I guess I'm just here for a black woman getting her coins. Man. I know that's right. You know that's that's the simplest way to put it. That's that's the best way to put it. It's like I'm just happy for her to get her point. I'm sure she's gonna do a good role because she's a talented actress. Uh, I just we'll see. Darn it, somebody give me a free ticket. <laughs> no, I'm gonna give Naomi the money, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna pay for Naomi. So we yeah. Have- it won't be opening night. Let's 
Girl, I got things to do. <laughs> <laughs> I got things to do. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, you know, good luck to her and hopefully we'll see. Right. So what else do we have? Oh, we got to talk about Blizzard. Blizzard and they fucking <laughs> shenanigans. So what happened? <laughs> okay, let me get on my, let me breathe and lubricate. So uh, a few weeks ago, this pro Hearthstone player by the name of Chung, not going to mess this young man's name up, Chung Ning Wai, uh, was, you know, streaming. And he concluded his stream with a um, support of the protests in Hong Kong. Uh, if you don't know, people are protesting. They want democracy in Hong Kong. And it's they've been met with all kinds of brutal force from the police and military. So this blizzard caught wind of this. And they immediately suspended him. Uh, removed him from his status of grandmaster, reduced his prize winnings to zero, and banned him for 12 months. And I was like, oh, while we'll agree that you can say anything, you know, we have terms and conditions and uh, per the, you know, some bullshit corporate-ass mumbo-jumbo that they stuck by. Mm -hmm. So as of this, people started... saying, oh, you should boycott Blizzard. Even the all employees, I think they either did a, a walkout or something of that nature. Yeah, they did. Yeah, so they weren't, if you, you know you're on the wrong side when your own employees don't even agree with you. Yeah, you so, messing up big time. Right. I mean, you fucking up the church's money. <laughs> so as a result, they reduced his ban. Uh, I think they reinstated some of his money. But still, he's still banned, regardless of however you see this half glass full or empty. And they've been accused of putting profits before people, which obviously the proof is in a pudding. And this whole blizzard isn't the only people that have come under fire. I think the NBA was caught... um, they were doing something. I forgot what they were doing. Some people were holding up signs saying uh, free Hong Kong or something of that nature. And then they got, uh, I think they got let out of the basketball game or whatever. It's just a really fucked up thing that is happening over there. And also what's happening. I don't know if y'all saw what's happening in Chile that there was an increase in subway uh, fees or subway fares. And people were like, oh, no, we we don't do that. And so they've been going back and forth with the government. And they was like, okay, so you won't listen to us peacefully. So now we're just going to have to burn shit up. And apparently they burnt one of these buildings that the uh, the subway or the transit center burnt it to the ground. I don't, uh, if you've seen the videos, it was like a 30, uh, 30 uh, foot tall building or whatever, 30 floor foot, uh, foot building just burnt up. It looked like the towering inferno. Wow. I was like, that's, somebody had put it best. It's not the left or right, but it's the bottom. 
that are tired of this bullshit that the top 1% is putting everybody through. And it's like, okay, so you won't let it, you won't listen to us when we're peaceful. So now you're putting us in a position to be violent. So, and I was going back to the BlizzCon, uh, Blizzard, their Comic-Con starts November 1st. So this will be very interesting on how this goes. Didn't somebody major pull out um, from it, from Blizzard? I believe so. Um, I'm not sure. I forgot the name, but I would not be surprised if multiple people started pulling out. Because, like, why? (sighs) And then they tried to um, save face by uh, releasing their Halloween um, event for Overwatch, which, you know, I'm... I'll be honest, I'll still play Overwatch and whatnot. But now I'm looking at them very funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just like you can't, there's something inherently wrong when you are on the wrong side of people wanting democracy. Exactly. When you're choosing money over people, which is what these companies are constantly doing, you know, I mm-hmm. think that. You know, Blizzard represents so many of these organizations and companies that they just care about the bottom dollar. You can't say that people have a right, you know, to say what they want, but then censor people and punish them for saying what they want. Right. And using that platform to get the message out because, you know, I've been aware about the Hong Kong protests, you know, from some of the people that I follow on Twitter, but, you know, this has really spearheaded that to be more on the kind of surface, you know, beyond the surface for folks in this area and beyond to really kind of pay attention to what's going on. So, you know, I think it's really shameful that they're punishing, you know, you know, this person for speaking out about their experiences. You can't have marginalized people within your work and then expect them to not talk about their experiences and use that platform to do so. That's a major contradiction um, to be able to wag a finger and punish them and, you know, I've been kind of keeping up with it because someone put it on my radar with the American University students who did, you know, who used their platform to bring awareness of what was going on and, you know, just to see the responses about those students and to then learn the backstory of what happened. It's just, you know, I think it's time for people to raise hell, you know, and to really call these companies out the way that they need to be. Mm-hmm. And... And, you know, just hold them accountable. You know, that's what we need to be doing, you know, from our governments to these organizations, just holding them accountable. Yeah, I I just, what's wrong with the United States? Because you see all these other countries, like Hong Kong. There was one um, video I saw how they were blinding the helicopters with lasers and how oh, wow. they, um, and these were the protesters. Wow. And how they, uh, if they would throw like some kind of smoke bomb or whatever at them, how they would use one of the cones, one of the roadside cones to just contain it. I'm like, why aren't we doing that? Why are we so afraid of getting our hands dirty as far as protesting? Cause that's just the way we are. <laughs> you know, that's just, <laughs> you know, we are very complicit in the fuckery, you know, that. Mm-hmm does but then we're quick to wag our fingers at other people's fuckery 
You know, you can't have it both ways, <laughs> you know, and, and that's just the hypocrisy of the United States. Is, yeah. You know, we have we have so many trash issues that's going on here from immigration to people's rights being threatened, to people's rights being taken away. And we're just sitting here on our hands like, oh, what are we going to do? I don't know. What should we do? And it's like, get, like what the hell? What the right. hell is wrong with us? You know, we're just we just lazy in some ways and we don't really want to shake up things if it doesn't have anything to do with us. But I think we need to realize that they're coming for this particular group. We are next. No, mm-hmm. don't sit here and think that you're not. And I think that it's just the atmosphere of America, you know, it's not my problem because before it becomes my problem. Yep. You know, and that's just how we are. Child, we ain't shit. <laughs> basically. <laughs> basically. Basically. We are not shit. And if we didn't know we wasn't shit now. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. What? It always kills me when people say, not my country, not my America. I'm like, um, I don't know what history books y'all been reading, but. Right. I don't recognize my country anymore. <laughs> I'm like, okay, girl. That kills me. I'm like, um... I'm like well, child, let's talk about. We can we can start from hell. We can just start from slavery. And just go from there. I know. I mean, uh, hell, I we can start from uh, when y'all's ancestors, with they dirty, disease-ridden ass, ran over here and killed all the natives. We exactly. can start there. Exactly. I'm like, oh, like this has always been this country. We've always been, you know, bloody and you know, and not caring about people outside of ourselves. You know, that is how we are. So none of this that's going on is unusual. I think what makes it, you know, hard to watch is the constant news cycle that we have because of social media to where we can't escape it. But, you know, this is United States through and through. This is who we are. Like, this ain't yeah. <laughs> but, you know, when you are the majority, you can feign ignorance about the quote-unquote newness of how this country has always been. Right. And I I don't know if y'all have been, like, in a... Ever since that orange son of a bitch took office, there has been, like, a sense of dread or heaviness. Yeah. It just permeates every walk or every facet of life. Yeah. And I'm so sick of him. I'm just so fucking sick of him. What's what's interesting about that is I think it's interesting to see how many people it's growing almost every other day about his impeachment, how people want him. Even on Fox News, when I saw that, I was like, child, they are tired of you. But I think a lot of it is they're they're tired of that feeling, that dread. It's that, Mm -hmm. oh, what happened today? What's this? I think people are just tired of it because to be honest, even when we, I mean, with Bush, we had that because we didn't know what was going to happen. I mean, he, uh-huh. right. but I don't, but looking back, it wasn't even like what we're dealing with now. But, mm-hmm. it, but it's really fascinating when you think about, we just had eight years of not any of this. So yeah. part of me has been sitting here going, what, why, because I would hear them say like, we had to deal with Obama. I'm like, well, can you tell me what, what we were dealing with? Like, what was the. Didn't we kill Bin Laden? Um, didn't we have 
you know, better was the equal pay. Was that was that on the forefront? Were we getting better jobs? Did he not save the economy? Like it was, yes, there were things that could have been better and there was some faults here and there. But compared to now, our, uh, and what hurt me to, uh, real quick story, on my way to Houston, there was this white woman who had Women for Trump t-shirt on. She got in the plane. It was funny because the woman who was uh, um, one of the stewards, well, that's not stewards, one of the flight attendants, she was black. And she saw my face when I looked at her. And she started laughing at me. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I said, that shouldn't have been that obvious. But the white woman looked at me because she saw me look at her. And I was like, yeah, I'm looking right at you and that shirt. And then um, she was trying to, and I was mean, because that was a part when she was trying to get out of her seat and I just went straight through. I even slowed down, make her wait. I was like, no, you need to. Oh, no, no. <laughs> See, you're going to do, gonna do foolery in my face. I'm going to let you hold it. And in a public setting, yeah. and you know I like to act. <laughs> But you know what was, what was so funny is they went, they was the, she waited till everybody got off the plane. She didn't want to get off everybody else because she, I heard her say, because I was being nosy, she didn't want to cause any issue because she knows people will stare. I'm like, yeah, we staring at you. Don't wear a bump shirt. Girl, you don't, I, you do not want those bumps problems for real. That 53%, I'm telling you. Mm hmm. Yeah, they are something else. Yeah, they are. And just, it's very interesting right now. So that's why I, I, I'm very hopeful that he's not coming back because it it just kind of feels like, okay, people have kind of got their feel from it. Um, and it was like, we can't, I mean, because he keeps effing up and all this stuff that is coming out right now, it's almost to a point where it's like, we can't do this. We can't even sustain this. He's not even, you could have got a villain, like the best villain. Like, damn, like, what was that man's name in Scandal? Like, um, Miss uh, Cyrus? No, yes, yeah, Cyrus. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like, you need a Cyrus to pull this type of caper off. You can't put no idiot in charge of it like that. Like, it's really interesting. I'm like, y'all just thought that he was going to help y'all pull this off? Really? And how this is all falling apart? Um, I love how right now you watch the news and, and that one, the Mulaney guy was like, um, he got caught up by Chris Wallace. He was like, you said this. No, I didn't. I said this. He was like, oh, here's the clip. Honey, you said it. <laughs> you said it. What, what else would we take from this? So, you know, it's, Lord, you talk about this country, and you realize this is what white supremacy did. White supremacy made y'all believe that you could put any old white man in the office. Mm-hmm. And that was going to really do, any, do us any favors. <laughs> That's... That's the power of white supremacy. Yeah, and you got somebody who's not even like really competent in their own work, but also <laughs> have a team of people who just equally incompetent. It's like what? What is going on here? It's like you know, with the whole you know the snowball, the impeachment talks, and it's like all these emails and letters coming out. I'm like, is anybody? What are y'all doing? Is everybody on something? What's going on here? What is going on? <laughs> and then on sending here? sending their email, well, sending evidence <laughs> to the Democrats. Like, are y'all who's oh, writing this shit? It's like you just, it's like I'm just like I'm not even. This is this is. I can't believe it's real, you know. And then it's really then as we are in the middle of this election and how other things are falling down. Like you got this. Tulsi, oh Lord, that one right there. Oh my goodness. 
Well, I'm sorry. She's a full ass bitch. Fuck her. Yes. And, and the fact that we, it was funny because you have Hillary just came out. The funny thing Hillary said, there is somebody they groom. It didn't say a name. Nothing. And then mm-hmm. here comes Tulsi with this this thread of tweets. I'm like, ma'am, we did. And then she said, I'm a threat to. I'm like, a threat. <laughs> you are polling at one percent and sometimes less. Who are you threatening? I'm like, who are you? A <laughs> my goodness. I said, I was like saying it to my friends. I was like, this is funny. This woman is coming all act, act crazy. Talking about, look at the smears put on me. I was like, well, didn't you do? Uh, did you try to smear Kamala Harris? Lies and they came around and found out that everything you were saying was not true. Like, didn't you just do this to somebody? Didn't you? She just got endorsed by David Duke, and that lets me know everything exactly. I need to know about her. It was, she denounced the first one, but uh, but it was like he's he came right back as if you didn't say nothing <laughs> and said, "Oh, right." Again. But it's also the fact when we think about her. Um, look at us going down this political thing. Uh, as we look at her, she. Been on Fox News six, six, and been on Tucker Carlson six times. Now, I understand if you went on Shep's show, I would be like, "Mm, okay, you went on Shep. But you went on Tucker's show. For real? All people, Tucker. (laughs) But you're not guilty. (sighs) (laughs) Tucker. Just fuck me. You know, it's that that to that point where I'm ready to throw hands at these folks. Like you need at to this get point, a whole bunch of them out, out the pain. Right. Out the uh, speaking of which, we need to get my damn governor, Bozo Bevan, up out the pain. <laughs> oh my god, he is just such yeah, a fucking piece of shit. Y'all. Well, you know, that could be possible because, you know, both of those people are raising a lot of money against McConnell and against Bevin um, to get them out. And it's like, you know, you know, I think and I think they hurt now because um, they, they just put back, what, 130,000 people back on the ballots where they can actually vote. Yep. Yep. I did see that that happened last week. Um, and apparently Trump is supposed to be in Lexington uh, here in the next couple of weeks. So I'm ready to go protest. I'm ready to go. Uh, if somebody wants to box, we could do that. You know, it it don't make me no never mind. She's going to be at one of the HBCUs here in South Carolina for like a forum thing. as like a keynote, I believe. I'm like, who thought? Who? <laughs> would be a smart idea to let him be a keynote of anything. I, honey? That's going to be, that's that's be a mess. Smoke in the city with that. I would love to be okay. I just want to be down. I just want to scream stuff at him. Like, I want him just to stand there and scream everything I need to say at him and everything else. I just want to be combative. But I feel like that's going to be a lot. And I I almost can't wait to see how that's going to play out because some of the presidential candidates are going to be there too. So that's mm-hmm. going to be how that, you know, how that plays and everything else. I really struggle with. Anyone black who is supporting Trump, because um, I feel like they just—that's a sunken place. That's be, that's almost below the sunken place. Like um, Mr. West, who has been deceased for a while. Oh my God! Child, I, I was about to say who. <laughs> <laughs> 
I still don't know what, uh, you know, if somebody was trying to say, well, you know, he's been going through a lot. I'm like, black folks been going through a lot since the day. We still don't sit here and jump <laughs> to the side of somebody like that. Like, no. And he has money. He is black rich. Black rich. Exactly. So how is he not saying that, you know, you shouldn't have any issues, but the fact that he just vividly, vividly, I can never say that word, supported Trump and somewhat, well, he, we still don't really know because it's still vague where he is because, you know, Kim's out here helping to, you know, helping him with the black vote in the sense of like helping people get out of jail and stuff, but it's still not clear where he stands. And I think when he was um, at, um, Howard last week he was talking about some weird slavery thing again and yeah. what's her name? Uh can't think that national college ass having degrees gonna get her somewhere. I'm like, girl, I can't stand her. So yeah, it's it's a this is really a fascinating time. I was telling my students, this is a very fascinating election. We have we are in the middle of an impeachment inquiry. We have candidates who are are very highly questionable coming out saying things what they've been saying, and then we have Trump, and it's just really interesting to see like where are people and living in Los Angeles, I'm spoiled because you know most of pretty much everybody well mostly everybody is liberal, but sometimes their liberalism is high. So you have you know your Bernie people and your Yang people. But it's very interesting to see how, at the end of the day, you know, we just got to get this man out. And as I always say to people that as Black people, we don't have the luxury to vote for someone based on how they make us feel. We have to look at it like, Uh no, we have to make sure that this person can at least make sure that we actually live another four years, that we're not, you know, suffering without Medicare or uh, equal pay or, you know, all these great things that helps a lot of us get on our feet. So we can't be up here smiling like, oh, that made me feel great. Like, no, you gotta, it, it gotta be more than that. So it's a lot happening. Uh, I'm, I'm excited because I've just, I've been through a lot and, and I got into politics about 10 years ago where I really started working closely with it after working with Obama in California. So it's like, it's, it's fascinating, but it's also kind of scary. Um, so it's very scary because my, I was, you know, you can't trust the polls because after 2016, they're not valid anymore, but I did read one about, I think it was done by Moody and they said that, uh, if the economy holds up and all of these other factors come into place, then Trump easily wins next month, no, next year. I'm like, ugh. Oh, great. No, I don't know if that's enough anymore. I don't, I don't think it is either. But. It's by what is the best option? Like, do we want the economy to sink, to sink so that he can look bad, but then who suffers at the end of the day? Right. Um, You know, it is a scary time because, you know, I've been, you know, involved with politics, you know, for you know, good chunk of this decade actively in my community or just following things along. I've always been following things along since I was a child because of my grandmother. Mm-hmm. And I had just never felt so afraid, you know, of outcomes. You know, like next year is going to be a very big year. And 
you know, with the Democratic Party. I just, I just need us to get it together and pick one person. I'm tired of seeing 12 people for these three-hour debates. I just need us to get on the 10 and so we can really start weeding people out and picking some type of a candidate, you know, to go against Trump. And I just don't, I just don't know. Like it's, you know, we're living in scary times. Like we really are living in the times where we read about in the history books instead of we are living the history. Right. You know, I just don't know what to think. Like, you know, if, things aren't done the way they need to be, i.e. him getting out, then what is this country going to go through for a possible four more years? Yeah. You know, or even if he does get out, like, you know, he may not go out peacefully. So what is to come of that? True. You know, there's just so many possibilities of things going wrong that it's hard to even think about what could actually go right. Yeah. Because you think about when Obama got in, he had to spend a good chunk of his first term cleaning up Bush stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially, like, you know, the, the, that whole economy fallout. Like, that was basically hell. He was like, I walked in and <laughs> I couldn't really do anything but do this. And so yes. I also remember as soon as he walked in, it was interesting because there was a lot of, you know, gay rights people going at him right away about, you know, Marriage equality. I remember that because I remember sitting there like, man, just can the man just get the seat warm first? He right. Just, oh, he ain't even unlocked the door yet. <laughs> and looking back, I'm like, we fought hard for marriage, but that should not have been the first thing on the table for us. But it's the fact that they pushed so heavily on this. And so I feel like whoever gets in, they're going to have to spit. And he, there's a lot he has, that they have to clean up with in the, in the four years um, yes. to get us back on track with how we looked at in the nation and, and have to make sure that you know, the money's tight, making sure that certain things are other things that Trump got rid of from the Obama, Obama terms. And it's just so many things they all have to do. So I know, and I'm, and everybody knows I'm very guilty to be a Twitter person when it comes to these, you know, these candidates and the person I support, you know, it's, it's, fascinating to see how we go back and forth with people because at the end of the day i will support whoever is in that role but we have to find a person who can fight this man because that's what it it's not like you're going against romney you know what i mean or you're going against a bush you're going against somebody who will pull every trick in the book right and so you and what I've seen, like, I know some people love Warren and I'm like, you know, she will be great, but he, he pulled her out months ago when he made her take that test, that um, um, hereditary test or whatever that was. I was like, the fact that you even did that for him, that kind of freaked me out a little bit. I was like, no, if, but the fact that you also wasn't telling the truth about your background also bothered me, bothered me too. So I'm just like, this man will have, he has millions. Y'all heard about that money they wrote, they raised already. Millions right. to play with. The way Facebook is acting with him. Oh, mm-hmm. it's like we have to have somebody who can take all that tough stuff because he's gonna throw everything at whoever that person is. So whoever it is, um, they have to be tough. They have to yep. be ready for it. They have to be able to grin and to, and, and to be like, okay, I got you, I'll come back at you. Um, but they can't blink. It's sad, but it can't blink. Not right now. No, definitely not. Yeah. I'm just 
I'm nervous that it, all of this is not gonna, it's gonna be for nothing. Like all of these hearings, all of this evidence that jumps out, it's just gonna be for nothing and he's still gonna get uh, reelected. They waited too long, basically. Like this should have happened within the first year. <laughs> Like of his presidency, we're looking at year four now, and I just, you know, I just don't understand the the lack of action. I understand why, because you know it's Congress, but it feels like it's almost too little, too late. Right. Um, and then to see him kind of incriminating like other world leaders, I'm like, y'all better stop talking to this man because he gonna drag y'all in whatever the field that he got going on. I'm like, you know, it's just like nobody's safe, you know, whether you're in with him or not. Like the moment things get shifty, oh, you out there on the street and you gonna have to pick up your own face. It's it's just amazing to watch, amazing in the worst way possible. You're right. You're it, that's very true. The fact that I'm like y'all willing to lose y'all career over this man. That's why y'all need to ask yourself in the mirror every morning. Am I willing to not only lose my career but tarnish my name, mm-hmm. my family's name? Because we still talk about Nixon, so the fa- the Nixon family will always have that burden on their back mm-hmm. until they're wiped out. Are Did you, Nixon's uh, chief of staff go to uh, prison? <laughs> yes. Okay. Just. Just throwing that out there, FYI, kids. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, y'all are willing to like risk it all. Like, a part of me would be like, I ain't. I think it was one Republican that came out this with this said, I have to look at my family. Like, I don't have to look at these people that much longer, as much as I have to look at my own family. So he was like, oh, no, I, I'm for impeachment. But the way he said it was like, my family means more than these people in his office. So I'm like, that's true. And it's really interesting to look back at people like, Lindsey Graham or even Mark Rubio, how they were so big about getting them out. And then you got Lindsey, you would have thought that Lindsey was getting some good dick from Trump. Lindsey is such a pussy. It's <laughs> bitch Lindsay is my personified. My senator, and I'm just like, honey, whatever <laughs> Trump got on you, just let it come out because it, it makes no sense for you to be doing this. It can't be because I know folks who know about his, a lot of some of his stuff. Like they have been to some of the parties in DC and whatnot, and they know. So if it's about your sexuality, okay, that's one thing. It has to be something else. It has to be. Yeah. It has to be. He's literally acting like he's, this is how people act when they are getting good dick. You know, you just, you just step in everything. What? I said we can literally pull something you said less than four years ago. How you and you know, I mean, and I get what's her name, um, Kathy Lee, whatever her name is, Kathy Lee Gifford. No, no, uh, Kathy Griffin. No, that woman who who's, who's like his spokesperson. Oh, he had a spokesperson. <laughs> what? I can't remember. She's that blonde woman who always. Get on TV. The hard looking face, broad. And like how she was all against him, and then, you know, but the money spoke for her. So that's why she's doing it for money. Um, even her husband kind of calls her out sometimes. <laughs> in the, in, oh, Kellyanne Conway. Yeah. The like, Crip Keeper. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't have the money. 
But I'm sort of going, Lindsay, is this really worth it? I know he doesn't have kids, I don't think. Uh, so I'm like, okay, you don't have a legacy to your family, but sir, this- Could you imagine them kids looking like they daddy? Oof, them be some ugly ass kids. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> but, you know, I, I am hoping for the best. I do, his support has dropped. And I do feel like that, because a lot of people voted for him because they wanted to see what would happen. You know what I mean? But I feel like now it's like, girl, we saw what happened. We ain't. We don't have it because some. It's gonna be one foreign country gonna be like, you know what? Come at us, raggedy, and we're gonna come at you. <laughs> and like, you mean nothing? Because I feel like that we're not even thinking about the fact that he could that these these people that he's been degrading can get together and come up with some stuff and come back at us. So I'm just like, Trump, you need to be careful. And I, it, I mean, not not that as I care to really be careful, but it's more of like. Your mouth is going to get this whole entire country in some trouble. And I just feel like that if any true Republican cares about this country, they should all be coming out against him. I'm tired of hearing that they've been talking behind closed doors. I'm like, y'all need to get out here in public. Y'all need to get out here in public and do some stuff. Don't quit and then try to say stuff. Do it now. Like, um, what's his name? What was that? Uh, I think he was in Arizona. Flake. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I said, that is your, <laughs> you are your name. Yeah, you need to. <laughs> so, oh Lord, it, it's just so much. I can't, I wanna, I can't wait to be in March, you know, like, so we don't know who the person is. Well, actually, we won't because the way it, I've heard him talk, I'm hearing talk that we may not have a person until we get to the convention. Because, um, you know, the <sighs> states are not gonna let down, even though, I'm sorry, this sounds so, rude but i'm um, part of me it's like you just had a heart attack sir it's hard for me it's hard for me to see people be like yeah i'm gonna still put this vote in because if this is what you were at right now when it gets rough and tough if you become president and who you gonna pick for your vice that's a scary thought too because oh, lord ah so <laughs> <laughs> I know who I want in there, but I know that she's not everybody's favorite, but I want somebody in there who can take the heat, push through, get the right people in, and really look at it from a smart standpoint, a long game standpoint, and get qualified people in there to where we're not dealing with every other week somebody's fired, somebody's arrested, somebody quit. Because I think um, Rachel, if y'all watch Rachel Maddow, she used to have a board of everybody who left this administration. It got to a point she was like, we can't even put. Right. We ran out of room. <laughs> she was like, we ran out of room. We can't do anything else. So I don't know, you know, and I wish I could come down to a Kentucky or Mississippi or even South Carolina too, and just sit there and just say, white people, let's have a conversation. Let's, let's, just, let's just say it right now. Y'all are the type of white people that will never be at the table. Yep. You need to know that. You're not Romney white. You're not Bush white. You're not McCain white. You are white trash white. And they have always used y'all to get these things to happen. And yet you still broke, Oxycontin out, all on drugs, uh -huh. find a job, mad because your job's going over to the other countries. But if you look in the mirror, 
The only person you can blame is yourself because we've been telling y'all for the longest. Why is it that the white working class don't get it, but everybody else who's working class gets it? Because they're white. Why should they? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. You know, they think that their whiteness is going to protect them. Like you see these stories for the past, what, two years now with Trump not keeping his promises to certain industries and groups and folks being so shocked about it. I'm like, um, you don't care about Trump? (laughs) Y'all thought he was going to get all the undesirables. I'm like, no, boo-boo, he's coming for you too. But poor whites (laughs) don't care about that. They think that, oh, they look the other way for their own interests. That's just how they are here. Like, Cole's not coming back. And why do you want that? Like, a part of me is like, what? Like, it was funny. It was like, well, that put food on the table. I'm like, yes, that did. 50 years ago. Yes. Mm -hmm. But you know what else can do the same thing? And you can live longer? Being a manager at Target. Uh, I I was watching something where they said, if you are even like, um, not like the top tier manager or whatever manager, you can make more doing that than you could working in coal mines. I was like, what? What, 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 that wouldn't be a choice for me. I'll get that red uh, polo <laughs> and these khakis and be right there at Target every day. Uh-huh. So it's really interesting because it's that I was watching a documentary. It was like they did. They feel like they don't they don't want to learn new skills. They didn't want to do all these things. They didn't want to go to the job training. And I'm like, well, that's funny because, you know, when it comes to black and brown folks, we were always at anybody's job training, JBA. <laughs> All those type of things, job core, whatever we could get to get us in a better life. You know what I mean? And so I'm just like, it's funny because you're right. They're white and that whiteness have kept them mm-hmm. believing that they, they, they didn't need to do all these things to be better. Exactly. And that's just how it is. So we see it from with slavery. You know, the poor whites didn't have anything, but they were white. And so that was, you know, that was the power for them. So it's them continuing the same narrative. And up till almost 2020, you know, they're always going to vote against their better interests because they feel like whiteness is going to insulate them from what others are experiencing. And it's not, you know, so I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say to them, but get the hell up. <laughs> right. There was, um, I saw this one story. I think it was on now this on Twitter that this town in Texas I think the mayor was Republican. He was against renewable energy until they actually came there, gave him scientific information. He was like, okay, let's go with it. And now everybody has jobs. And he's like, I don't understand why people are against this now. Like it made a believer out of him. And he's like, this should be everywhere. And I'm like this, it, it shouldn't take this kind of push or this kind of resistance Mm -hmm. for something that we need. Because truth be told, if Mother Nature wanted to, she can get us all out of here. Exactly. She just got to shake shit up at Yellowstone real quick, and then it'll be uh, done. Grand opening, grand closing for (laughs) human existence. Look, it's already going to get there at some point. Look. Right? It really is. And we need to get our heads out of our asses and do something about it. And I'm tired of the the rich people telling the poor people, 
oh, you need to recycle, you need to do this. Oh, like, well, bitch, what are you doing? Don't tell me what I'm doing. I'm putting my recyclables in my blue box like I was supposed to. I think someone said that the if the, if if uh, like if less than ten billionaires or whatever got together, they could literally pay off student debt or something like that. They would say they could pay off certain things that are happening within this country. Like it's, but even though I hear stuff like that, that scares me too because I'm like that means what we're basically saying you have the power. They can just be horrible about it. Like well, yeah, we could do all these things. So what does that mean for us? It's, it's sad that the that that situation about the one percent is so real and so scary, um, but it's also very interesting. That I would say one of the reasons why Trump is in power and why a lot of them do fight for him is because of these tax cuts mm -hmm. that he did give to the rich. So I what we have to also remember is half of the people who support Trump, yeah, they're the white trash and garbage, but it's also the rich because mm -hmm. they gave those tax cuts which is why you hear about these Equinox owners and all that supporting him is because he gave them the ability to stay rich. And it's really fascinating that these folks don't pay taxes or they only get to pay as much as they want. You think about um, Amazon and how they just literally just, <laughs> here's, you know, IRS over getting mad at me because I didn't pay $400 <laughs> for taxes. And I'm like, well, dude, I almost said to the woman on the phone, I said, well, do they pay nothing? And if you want to get my money, go talk to Jeff or <laughs> go talk to them. They got right. paid and paid. They keep calling me about $400. So I'm just like. I saw um, a tweet. It said, I think Jeff Bezos can give everybody a million dollars and still be a billionaire. I said, how is that even possible? Wow. He can just give me just $500,000. i will be all right. Like, look, you just have to give me a little bit. I will still, hell, I'll still even work. That's what I'm saying. I'm, Part I'm, time. I'm like, sir, all I need, can, can you just give me, let's pay off these student loans. Mm -hmm. Give me, let me buy, just give me this amount to buy a car. And that's all I need from you. We ain't got to talk no more. You know, I'm just, putting it back into the economy. <laughs> Apparently he ain't. So... Well, he's a mess. This is a fuck ass world. <laughs> For real. We kind of did a lot with this. <laughs> well, you know, we had, we've been going for a minute. Now we back at the jump off and we had to <laughs> talk about everything from comic books to the meeting in Jean Grey's room hey. to, <laughs> to pol politics or whatnot. So. This is our catch-all episode. This will be our catch-all episode. Right. Exactly. And, Felissa, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, if you uh, would, can you tell everybody where they can find your work, uh, where they can find you on social media, all those things? Of course. I am on the Twitters <laughs> under my name, Alyssa Thompson. And you can find me at wrapyourvoice.com. I also have a Patreon where you can um, become a patron for $2 a month to show support and get some great content. Um, I'm also um, under um, an agent for speaking. So if you want to know about disability through the intersections of race, gender, um, definitely hit your girl up. And I like to say that I am always causing um, good trouble and making good trouble. And that's what I'm here for. Um, thank you both for having me. I love you both. And 
Um, thanks for always supporting my work. It definitely means so much and I don't take it for granted. Well, thank you because it's needed, especially the the intersectionality of race and disability. It's, yeah, it's very much needed. Appreciate it. And like always, you can find me at Porter Pizzazz, Vickers at Wonder Man 5. The podcast is at Megashane Pod. You can like, rate, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. We're on Instagram, Facebook at Megashing Pod. And I know I, I lied and said I was going to have that uh, website up <laughs> in September. <laughs> I mean, it's almost done. I just got a little, little finagling to do, but it's getting there. Hey. Well, you know, child, I got busy doing nothing. anything else before we get up out of here victor oh no um well you know for those who are into movies magnificent is out so go check that out see what that is about i've heard mixed reviews (laughs) but it is what it is i'm just here for the garments (laughs) uh, apparently these outfits are that everybody's is killing these outfits so it's gonna be fun to see. So uh, I'll probably go see. I might go see when I get back. Yeah, I'll probably see it too. Sometime. <laughs> That's shady. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you know I like Angelina Jolie and whatnot, and I like to see uh, Michelle Pfeiffer back in the uh, in the acting chops and whatnot. I just like ugh. Them movie tickets prices. Y'all gonna have to... I gotta take out a payday advance loan. You ain't lying about that now. That's true. And sometimes I don't even think about it. Because was, it was one day it hit me. You know how Facebook will be reminding you like seven years ago or something like that. And I was like, oh, Lord. Like it was somewhere I went to a movie. Or no, somebody like showed a picture of like, remember we went to go see this movie? And they had like the tickets. I'm like, why does tickets say 850? I'm like, shoot. <laughs> I haven't seen an 850. <laughs> well, you go to them Hasa ones in the arc light. Well, you know what? Wait. <laughs> <laughs> well. Them highfalutin' well. ones. <laughs> well. But, okay. <laughs> that, is true. that is true. But the average is still $14. If I'm paying 18 that's... I pay. I'd rather pay fourteen. I ain't gonna lie to you. I'm like, mm-hmm, but well, see, I'm, I, I will admit, I want to go to a theater where nobody's trying to check their phone or their Facebook in the middle of the movie. Okay. That that's why I go to these city places okay. because, like, for example, the Alamo will kick you out. Good. Oh, they serious? They are. They even made an ad. It was like a few years ago. They they did kick somebody out. And she called management. <laughs> so they took that call and made it their ad. <laughs> wow! Um, just because it was like you shouldn't be on, you would tell you, and they even tell you here we have one in LA now. They'll tell you like if you are on your phone, if someone says or even complain, you can punch a button, and they will come and be like, "You gotta go." Okay. And I'm like, "Yeah," because I'm sorry. Are you that important? You got to check Facebook. You got to do that right now. That light has to come right in my face because you need to see somebody like your little raggedy. 
I'm like, I, I was, I said to somebody, I was a little arrogant. I was like, you know, I said, I have more followers than you and I'm not even checking my Twitter. So you can wait. Oh. I couldn't help it. Cause I looked, I was like, you only got a, a, like 102 followers. I was like, then you can wait. You can wait. Somebody actually answered a phone call. Uh-uh. Moving. I said, now, you know me. <laughs> I don't give no two fucks. I said, are you serious? <laughs> and then he was like, oh, I got to go. <laughs> damn right, you got to go. Like, <laughs> oh my God. See, I used to be on call for a university. I used to be on call for USC. I, oh, well, I can say it now. I'm gone. I haven't been to USC for a while. I used to let that call just go to voicemail. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> Because I could be like, let me listen to it. Like, I'll, I'll see it and I will step out. And like, I'll listen to it. I'll be like, um, oh, okay. This is somebody who lost their keys. Okay, whatever. I'll be like, okay, I'll go right back into the movie. If I can step out, like, I understand if you are a doctor or you on call. Right. You can, like, oh, you can look at your phone, don't answer it. You just get right on up, walk up to the, uh, walk to the side, you know, the little walkway before you even get in the little entranceway. Go over there. And just be away from everybody else. Um, the only time that it was something where we, I still had to say something, was when we were seeing um, Spider-Man Far From Home. We had, it was during the earthquake. Um, and some of y'all may remember, because I even posted the time we were sitting there and they were taking off in the plane in the movie. And it was like shaking a little bit. We were like, oh, okay, we're really, I'm really, in, I guess this movie is, they try to make us feel like we're in the movie. And we're like, no, we were still shaking. And then, yeah, people were on their phones in the theater because they stopped the movie. But there was one person who was still on his phone when the movie was playing. I was like, sir, the earthquake is over. I said, it's like, this, this earthquake is over. You can put that phone down now. You can really can't. <laughs> so, yeah, if something like that is happening, do that. But not any other time. <laughs> yeah. You would think adults would know better. But we are the worst in the kids, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what? I agree. Yeah, because the kids will at least be like, I don't want to do nothing because mama going to say something. Well, we get in here, don't touch nothing, don't ask for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I remember a mother told a kid, if you talk, you ain't going to eat because she brought in some. Okay, first of all, this was one of the Harry Potter movies. She brought in some chicken. She literally brought some chicken from KFC. Child, I thought she was going to say she brought in some, like some oxtail or something. No, she brought in some chicken and passed the plates. And I was like, you know, I'm going to let this. I just—I was like, okay. But she told the kid, "Shut up," because if you you ain't gonna eat, talking in this movie, and I was like, oh, "Man, first of all, y'all brought this food into this movie, but you know, threaten the kids that if you start talking, you're not gonna eat." I was like, "This is the epitome of black excellence, of black ghetto excellence, and I'm here for it all." But it's the man, kids sit there, man, <laughs> eating his chicken leg. Because she said, if you talk, you're not getting nothing to eat. That's savage. Cold-blooded. Love it. <laughs> <For real>. <laughs> <laughs> well, child, let's get up on out of here. So we just... <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.